the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. God hates grumbling because it creates discord. God hates grumbling because it creates discontentment. God hates grumbling because it creates dissension, which is so destructive and has no place in the Lord's church. Grumbling will tear up the church. Grumbling will tear up the workplace. And grumbling will tear up your own family. Grumbling ought not be the atmosphere of your family. Get excited about who God is and, and, and what he is doing. And you got a person in your house, uh, in a workplace that's grown ask them why can't they be happy? Where is your joy? Why is there rocks all in your jaws? If they're grumbling like that, sit down and tell me all about it so we can work this out so that you can get over it. When believers are passionately involved in the work of the Lord, they have no time to grumble or criticize because of being so consumed in God's work. The, the people who grumble the most are those who are doing nothing. Beloved, there must be praise in the heart before there can be worship in the church. Some people say, well, I came to church and I didn't get nothing. I didn't get nothing. I didn't feel nothing. I didn't see nothing. I left like I can't. You know why you left like you can't? Because you didn't bring nothing. You didn't bring nothing. You didn't, you didn't come with the joy of God. You didn't come with a sense of expectancy of meeting him. You didn't come saying, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You didn't come saying, teach me and fill me until I won't know. More. Lord, help me now. Help me to worship you in spirit and truth. You, you didn't come here praying. You didn't come here uh, with a glad heart. That's why you're left with nothing. The issue is not with the people. It's not the choir. It's not the ushers. It's not the media. It's not the nursery. It's not even the parking lot. It's you. <laughs> hey, it's you! As we grow and mature in our worship, we will discover new reasons to praise God. I say it again, as we grow and mature in our worship, we will discover new reasons to praise God. What are the benefits of praising God? A, a spirit of thanksgiving and praising God will keep us from meditating on evil things that are destructive to the mind, destructive to the soul, and destructive to the spirit. What are the benefits again? The, the first one 
is that a spirit of thanksgiving and praising God will keep us from meditating on evil things that are destructive to the mind, soul, and spirit. We said, where do you get that? 1 Corinthians 13, 5b says, love thinks no evil. Now, when you truly love me with an agape, Christ-like, selfless uh, love, you love me at my best, and you love me at my worst. Your love for your children, your love for your husband, your love for your in-law, your love for your sibling that you've been fussing and fighting with, love for your coworker. Uh, listen, you will love them unconditionally the way God loves you. There's no expectations. You are obligated to love me. That's right. Look how quiet it got now. So, won't y'all say amen? You are obligated. Say obligated. You are obligated to love me. I'm obligated to love you. I don't care how cantankerous you are, how messy you are, backsliding all over the place, acting a fool all over the place. But I'm still, I say, Lord, help me now. Lord, increase my love. Lord, Lord, I need some more love. Please, God, give me more patience. He said, that's why I'm giving you this. <laughs> love thinks no evil. Some of you can't enjoy God because the truth of the matter is you too evil. Evil, 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 evil eye. Evil mouth. Evil. Mean and evil. Mean. Nasty evil. That's right. Get in trouble. You want somebody else in trouble because you in trouble. Yes, you're just evil. Plotting up stuff, strategizing, formulating stuff in your mind, constructing stuff that, that has no eternal significance, evil, devilish stuff. And when, you, when your mind becomes a playground for Satan, he will drive you to insanity. And some of you have allowed Satan to have too much playing in your mind. In your mind. And he starts in the mind. Then, then it comes out the mouth. You, you say, I slipped. You didn't slip. You said just what you meant to say. And once you say it, you cannot get it back. Oh, baby, I'm sorry. I slipped. You didn't slip. What's in you came out. Evil. You cannot be evil and have gladness. Evil. Some be evil towards your own dog. You won't even pet him. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm tired of you. Barking too much. <laughs> what are the benefits of praising God? Be praising the Lord will keep your mind and lift the spirit of depression. That's another benefit of praising God. That's why you ought to hurry up and get to the house of God. That's why Satan keep you from coming to coming to the house of God because you wouldn't have heard this message had you been absent today. That's why God brought you here. You say, why did God bring me here? So you can hear this. So he can make you think about your life and where you are spiritually. Praising the Lord will keep your mind and lift the spirit of depression. In Isaiah chapter 61, verses 2b through 3a, it says, Isaiah prophesies that the Messiah will come to comfort all who mourn, to console those who who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, 
just, it just, just everything has collapsed around them. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God knows how to turn your heaviness. He's able to turn your heaviness into praise and to thanksgiving. Another benefit of praising God is see, beloved, if you want to defeat the enemy, and if you want to defeat the devil and your enemies, then start passionately praising the Lord. If you want to defeat the devil and your enemies, then start passionately praising the Lord. Second Chronicles 20, 17, uh, verses 21 through 22 says, you will not need to fight this battle. Position yourself. Stand still. Don't retreat. Don't run. Stand still and see the salvation. Watch him rescue you of the Lord. Look, who is with you? Oh, Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed tomorrow. Go out against them. There it is again. For, there it is again. For the Lord is with you. Verse 21 to 22, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Verse 22, now. When they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, against the people of Moab and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. They weren't defeated with swords, spears, or any of those things. They, uh, the, the enemy was defeated by people who knew how to praise God in the midst of adversity. I dare you to start praising God through your challenges, to start praising God through your hurts, praising God through your pain. When you, when you get in pain, start singing amazing grace. That's right. Start, start. I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. No, I woke up my, this morning with my mind on this pain. My friend, if we praise the Lord as we have witnessed in this passage, I believe without a doubt we will see more miraculous deliverances in our own lives. Israel was victorious over her enemies because she trusted in the Lord and the assurance of her presence was there. She held her position and praised and worshiped the Lord. Now, all that was review. You say, what? That's a sermon there. You say, why do you do reviews? Because I, I'm led to by the Spirit. You say, you say, I know that. No, you don't. You say, how do you know I don't know it? I tell you, because when you really listen, you apply what you have heard. If you haven't applied it, you haven't really listened. Now, some folks write principles, but they don't execute principles that they write. And do you not know that repetition is the mother of learning. Why do you have your children go over timetables? Tonight, you're going to have young children. They're going to be saying their speeches. And you can't tell that child, okay, say, say it one time. Say it one time. Now you got it. Now you ready for the stage. No, you don't. You, you're not going to do that. Let me, hear it. Let me hear it once. Let me hear it twice. Let me hear it thrice. Uh, let me hear it the tenth time. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete. Let me hear it all. All the 
way through again and again. Why? Because you want them to stand up here and you want, you want them to say the speech. Now, sometimes they get up here and they won't say nothing. Sometimes they get up here and cry. Let them go and cry. That's all right. They need a good cry. Let them stand there because that, that, that's a step of faith just to stand up there. <laughs> and you say, speak up. Say that speech. You think that's, that's easy? You come up here and do a speech. You come up here and do that scripture memory verse. Then all of a sudden you say, oh, baby, I understand now. That's right. That's right. That speech have to be gone over and over and over. Truth have to be riveted into your heart, and it comes by repetition. And some of you are so quick to go on to the next thing, you haven't learned what you just received. All right? So now let me give you new insights before y'all think that I haven't studied. Number seven, God requires us to worship him because of his divine attributes. God requires us to worship him because of his what? Divine attributes. Verse 5 says, for the Lord is good. Now that's enough to make you shout right there. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. You see something, my friends? When the scripture says, for the Lord is good, we are reminded of his goodness toward us that cannot be fully comprehended. The goodness of God cannot even be described. How do you fully describe the goodness of God? I'm going to tell you something else about the goodness of God. The, the goodness of God cannot even be measured. You can't wrap your mind around the goodness of God, which should move us to thank and worship, worship him for his unfailing love. God loves us with an unfailing love. Uh, he loves us with his faithfulness. God loves us with his provision. God loves us with his protection. God loves us. God, the Lord God is good. I'm so glad he's a good God because he wasn't a good God. We'd have been gone. We've been wiped out a long time ago. I want to tell you something else about the goodness of God. When the scripture, when the scripture says uh, the Lord is good, it also speaks of his mercy. His mercy toward us is good. His mercy is everlasting. He doesn't have a mercy that runs out. This means that we should praise God for his what? Mercy, which you said, what is mercy? Which is God's outward manifestation of undeserved pity. Mercy is God's outward manifestation of undeserved pity and compassion toward those in affliction, toward those in calamity, and toward those in suffering. Let me say again, mercy is so critical. Uh, his mercy. Mercy is God's outward manifestation of undeserved pity and compassion toward those who are in what? Affliction, calamity, and suffering. It is the mercy of God that delivers us in times of trouble. It is also the mercy of God that saves us. You say, how do you know that? Titus chapter 3, verse 5. It says, not by works of righteousness. You don't get saved by works. You get saved by grace alone, faith alone. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, God's mercy, he, God, the Lord, saved us. How did he save us? By his mercy. Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit also works in regeneration. 
So, so the mercy of God, the love of God moves his mercy. And the Holy Spirit works in the salvific process. The scripture also says in Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, it says, it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. Do you realize none of us in here deserve to be alive? That's right. Now, you, 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 now you might think you all that, but you're not. I'm going to say it if you can't. None of us in this room deserve to be alive. All of us deserve hell. All of us. You, you haven't been that good. You were born a sinner. Once born hell bound. Twice born heaven bound. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. God should have wiped us out a long time ago. Why hasn't God not wiped us out? Because of his mercy. Undeserved mercy. Because of his compassion, it fails not. They are new every morning. God gives us fresh mercy. Great is thy faithfulness. God is faithful. We should praise God because he is so merciful. God's mercy also helps us in times of distress. Uh, Psalms 18, 6 says, In my distress I call upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from the temple, and my cry came before him, even my ears. Psalms 4, 1b also says, You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. It is a terrible thing when one is in distress and God will not hear because of sin in the heart. That's why you need to live holy. Because when you get in trouble, when you get in distressing situations, you need the mercy of God. Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Sometimes God let trouble wipe, wipe people out because they won't repent. They're stubborn. They play games with God. They play games with people. They're little bullies. They, they got their own agenda. They love being in control. They're manipulative. And God says, you know what? I am tired of your mess. So I'm not going to extend another day of grace or mercy toward you. A sinful life will not receive the mercy of God. Then, my friends, the scripture also says, and his truth endureth to all generations. Look at that. You see that in the passage? And his truth endureth to all generations. Beloved, in a world that's filled with counterfeits, in this world, a, a, a lie swirling all over the place, this is a world of deception. We need to know the truth of God's word. We praise God for his everlasting truth that endures to all generations. Not just one generation, God's word, his truth uh, extends to all generations. My friend praising God. You know, what it do, you know what it does? It opens our minds and prepares our heart for fresh revelation uh, from the truth of God's word. So here's the question I pose to you. Why is God's word trustworthy and endures to every generation? Why is God's word trustworthy and endures to every generation. I'm going to give it to you. Number one, God's word is trustworthy because his word is eternal. Say eternal. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8 says, the grass withers, the flower fades, 
But the word of our God stands forever. In other words, uh, your, your, your clock will eventually stop ticking. Your glasses will break. You'll need new prescriptions. Your shoes will get old and not wear out. That's right. Your dog will die. The cat will die. The bird will die. One day you will die. Uh, but I thank God that we have a soul spirit that's been transformed, and either we'll live forever with God in heaven, or if you don't know Jesus, you will live uh, separated eternally in the lake of fire. But I, I, I'm so glad that the word of God is a forever word. It's, it's a sufficient word. You can count on the word of God. Number two, uh, why is God's word trustworthy and endures to every generation? God's word is, is light in a dark world. This world is dark. This is a dark world where people, where children will kill their own parents. People, people will come into church and just wipe people out. Even over in Egypt, 300 folk, uh, Muslims, wipe them out, children at all. Coptic Christians in, in Egypt, just all over the place, in schools, in movie theaters, in malls, uh, on the road, uh, trucks running down folk. This is a dark world. The world loves darkness. Psalms 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. In other words, you need the word of God because it lights your path so that you won't be stumbling all over the place. So that you can walk securely and, be, and live holy in an unholy world. Unholy world. You, the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God who is in heaven. Matthew 5, 16, when you got the light of Christ living in you and when, when your feet and path are all together because of being light and a lamp, then you can live holy in an unholy world. Number three, God's word does not change. Why is God's word trustworthy and endures to every generation? God's word does not change. It is not fluid. God doesn't say, you cannot steal one day and next day, okay, it's okay to steal. It's okay to pilfer. That's right. He, he doesn't say in, 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 the, in the law of God, uh, uh, don't commit adultery. And, but 10 years from now, he says, okay, you can slip and slide as long as nobody knows. That's that God is consistent with his word. And if, if, if somebody is telling you to do something that is antithetical and against the word of God, they are from the devil and they're trying to ensnare you, you say, get behind me, Satan. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, God's word does not change. Psalms 119.89 says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. God said it. That settles it. Now, that's an old cliche, as wrong as it can be. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Stop. Don't, don't stop. Don't, don't say that to anybody else. Stop saying that. No, God said it. That settles it, whether you believe it or not. That's right. That's right. That's right. You can say, uh, I don't believe in gravity. I don't believe in gravity. You get up on that 50-story building and you jump down. Uh, crash, crash. You can't even say after that, I don't believe in gravity. Just because you don't believe it, <laughs> that, 
that, that, that don't mean that don't mean nothing to God. You got to understand. It is not God said it. I believe it. That settles it. God said it. That settles it. Whether you what believe it or not. You know what God's, God's word does? Fourthly, God's word brings hope. Psalms 130 verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul wait, and in his word, I do hope. It renews your hope. That's why people commit suicide, because they're not in the word of God. They, 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 uh, how are you going to live in hope in Halloween? We were... We were, we were uh, outreach a few weeks ago and it was a day or two after Halloween and I saw this big old skeleton over this house. The people were moving around and every time I looked up, looked like that old skeleton was just looking at me and I looked at that thing and it was over the house hanging and all these witches and all this stuff. I said, oh my goodness, they're giving over to death. You know why folks are killing themselves? Uh, they are wrapped up into a culture of death. Skeletons a murder, uh, looking at games where people are being beheaded, uh, looking at stuff, uh, just nothing but blood and guts and guts and blood, and you wonder why folk can kill somebody and go eat a hamburger. For I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word, I do hope. The word of God gives me hope. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit MaranathaSA.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109. And if you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the Radio Broadcast Support Fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.